In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. From 1963, this is album 65. Yes. Live. The Apollo. Yes. We chase Brown. Yeah. The famous flames. Yes. Yes. Oh, do, 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 do. Can do, I say something? going hot. I've always wondered what you guys do while I read this part, so I held up the phone by the computer so I could watch you this time. Never doing that again. You guys are staring blankly into space like a couple of Chuck E. Cheese automatons on the band that has not been activated yet. Like, it's... Just off. I, I I couldn't We're handle thinking it. funny football. thoughts. We're getting ready. I'm watching football. Getting prepared, man. <laughs> and I was looking at you guys, and I was thinking, like, oh, this is a disaster. Oh, look. Guys, have you ever sat no. down to make a parody song, and then when you look at the songs on the album, you realize there aren't all the James Brown hits on the album that maybe you thought were there, so a lot of the ideas you had are right out the window. And then when you go to find a karaoke track on YouTube, it turns out the karaoke tracks are not high quality. Has that ever happened to you? Happens no, all the time, right? Happens all the time. You yeah. just got to power through. You got to just use those creative juices and you got to power through. I was thinking we could do Night Train with all the cities you've blown loads in. Oh! Oh! <laughs> what the fuck? Already we're going to start with this? I was actually going to do I was actually going to do Night Rain and then play some of your audio from the other night where it's like... <laughs> you're like, I think my favorite jazz drummer... <laughs> and I was like, what is going on at Aaron's house? I was like, right next... He's on the airport. I think we should stick with Aaron's idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, New York and uh, Rochester, Minnesota. And that's about Some it. Place in Vermont, right? Yeah. Not War Road? No, nah, not really. Not, uh, no, not much. Uh, Hackensack? No, or too much family at Hackensack? Too much family at the cabin for Hackensack to make the list? I've never laid down on the bathroom floor for the shower. That's ridiculous. So I need to uh, this is, uh, let's tune into K-Rob after I edit that part out. This is K-Rob, K-R-O-B. The other day they were talking, what's better, desserts or appetizers? Everybody wanted Ooh, to weigh I in. Like this. And somebody said, Wolfman Rob, what do you think? And I said, hey, what has two thumbs and love two scoops? It's me, baby. Oh, yes. yeah. Ice cream. Ice cream. Oh. Ice cream. Yes. Ice cream. It's the best dessert. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Order me. Order me. Ice cream. Ice cream. Compared to yours, it's a million times better. Yep. (laughs) Order me two, cause I need me two. (laughs) Some say, some say, some say. They'd rather have appetizers that are made in the oven. (laughs) What? Uh oh. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. It makes me realize my co hosts are morons. Yes. They have a low IQ. Oh, wait, what? When you want to hear about the so greatest cool. albums yeah. of all time. Of course. I, I was going to, I was like, but oh, I have just so many more versions about how my co-hosts are real morons. So 
want to hit the guys in chat and then they get off track. That's a beautiful saxophone solo. I've got the Brooklyn podcast for you, Jack. Karaoke track, so I had to oversing. Did it better? You crushed it. Yeah, it was every. I was. I was. That's why I'm the second hardest working man in show business. I have to admit, I'm kind of disappointed, Rob. I thought for sure that was going to turn in from ice cream to ice cream about when you listen to Aaron's stories. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a lot tonight. Guys, I got three guys here. We're going to talk about James Brown. We talk about the best 500 albums as according to Rolling Stone magazine, and that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Did this 65 times now, just about to get it right. Uh, I've got three guys here who thought that James Brown at the Apollo is when he was in Rocky Four. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. What do you want me to say? I'm scared? Is that what you want me to say? You want me to say I'm scared? Oh, Throw the scared. towel. If this podcast dies, it dies. dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got um, Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Doing great. It is indeed a great place to present to you at this particular time. National and international known. The hardest working man in the podcast business. Mr. Apple Orchard. The amazing Mr. Please Please Himself by laughing at his own jokes. The star of the podcast. Rob and not the main host. Oh, nobody would ever say that. I thought he was James Daddy Brown. Fat Stacks. Oh, Daddy <laughs> Fat Stacks. Sorry. Clip. I've given Russell again. the... The, the sign that he's getting fined twenty dollars. No. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Great, Rob. Thanks for having me as always. And I've got Aaron who thought the song tonight was going to be Night Rain. Oh shit! I already used that joke. Son of a bitch! I wrote this one down. I forgot about that. Aaron in California, how are you doing, Aaron? Ooh, shucks! I'm excited to talk about James Brown. <laughs> That is awesome. Guys, we have to get right into it. We've got, because today we've actually got two voicemails to the best. How do you, how do you so say the voicemail? I can kiss my ass. That's a great question. Dumb shit listeners. They can't even tell what we're doing. Uh, 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 According to some of the listeners, they're just the dumbest of the dumb. Texting on your phone, which I don't think I've ever seen before, but we did get an email to beckdidabetter at gmail.com from a f- text from the phone. So it was like I was living in 1992. This sounds like one of Aaron's friends. I've been out with Aaron before where Aaron <laughs> fucked up by sending an That's email true. from that his happened. phone. Yeah, I do need to send an apology about that. That happened to me once. <laughs> and uh, you can also call 802-277-BECK. Nice. So this, I have to say, this is an actual email we got. And it I have to say, we were talking about it last time. It is such a nice email to get. I'm serious. Like, listen to this. Somebody loves us. Okay. Back did it better is the best thing I discovered in any media in 2021. What? The four of you have brought a lot of cheer to my life. Thank you very much. My favorite artist of all time is Van Morrison, and I was dreading the Astral Week CP. That album has been part of my DNA for 30 years. So thrilling to hear you guys like it. Especially Rob's enthusiasm, unexpected, and Aaron's take that the album is an act of world building. I'm beginning to suspect that despite Rob's persona, he is a secret softie with a big sweetheart. He's soft. He's soft, all right. Sweet, sweet Rob. All right. (laughs) Terry cloth. Very Terry cloth. My doctor did say something about an enlarged heart, but I was like, I gotta. I don't have time for all this. Um... Uh, first of all, I want to say I feel really bad that I picked the most pathetic sounding robot to read that. It was like yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it was sounded like robot. a robot that was about to fill his coat full of rocks and go walk into the ocean. So that's yeah. my bad. I'm sure that does not reflect on our listenership at, at all of being a bunch of loser white guys sitting at home listening to this podcast. Uh, but second of all, 
What the fuck are you talking about? I'm obviously the nicest guy in this podcast. Like, what, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, oh, oh, go no. back and listen to these episodes where I am carrying this team in the early episodes, trying to figure this shit out. I am obviously the nicest guy on here. And to think Rob, that I Rob, would hold on, not hold on, be hold on. outrageous and offensive. There's, there's, there's two things. One, yes, man of the podcast you, absolutely, you absolutely carry this podcast. I will give you that. But the number of times you rip on Rosie mm? and Russell and me a little bit, more my mom than anything, <laughs> you are not <laughs> the nicest guy in this podcast. You do carry it. You are not the nicest guy. But you do have a big heart. So Big heart. Two out of three ain't bad. It's got all that ice cream. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're right, man. I am the nicest guy and the best listener on the podcast. So I appreciate that. I think that's great. Uh, but it is no, funny because we, we were talking about this at like, Doing this podcast, I literally know your guys' schedule more than anyone else, almost in my life. Like, I, I have no idea what Jenny's doing this weekend, but I know exactly, like, what most of you guys are doing most weekends just because we have to schedule this show. And we know what color your poops are. Yeah. Damn it, Aaron. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we made yes, it so far. That's, that's <laughs> Russ's favorite subject. Rob, Rob, you may even know how... You may even know how many states I've blown a load in in the last two <laughs> weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I know you're in Chicago. I know you were somewhere else. I can't remember where else you were. You're in Paris? Denver. Oh. Paris, and then I know Denver. that. I know that you might be blowing a load in a different state coming this weekend. We'll see. I'm <laughs> see you this so thank you for the very nice email. We appreciate it. Now, on to our second email I mean, that we you gotta got to admit, though, you got a pretty lousy life if the, if the key to your happiness comes through this podcast, right? I, I can't imagine. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to a voicemail from Matt's mother-in-law. It could be fun to ask my favorite son-in-law what his favorite vegetables are from his oh. mother-in-law, Patty. So we got a text from Casey Kasem slash Patty. Favorite vegetables. Um, it was somehow an e a text sent to an email, very confusing to me, but she wants me to ask you, what is your favorite vegetable, Matt? And keep in mind, you are 40 years old. Oh, no. Can I say none? Oh, oh no. You, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, pick, green pick, beans and pick, maybe like, half cheese all over. It's no. where you put cheese all over it or something, <laughs> at least. I'll go with green beans, and I might eat peas only if the boys are around so that they don't think I'm a complete animal that doesn't eat any, <laughs> any vegetables. But I cannot stand vegetables. Cannot. What? Cannot stand them. I, if, I, if I feel like I need some, I... I uh, Blend them up in a smoothie or something like that, but otherwise, yeah. And isn't your isn't Pretty your wife? Uh, yeah, my wife's a vegetarian. Oh. I only eat meat. <laughs> it works out well for both of us, <laughs> right? I mean, then there's no so, fighting over the over the leftovers. Right. So really, you can you can buy the same quantity of vegetables and meat that you would typically buy. It's just one focuses on one and one focuses on the other. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's a straight up Jack Spratt situation that we have going on over here. A what? What? Jack Spratt could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. Oh, right. But between them, something, something, they lick the platter clean. So picture Matt and his wife. Is, this, they have is a that big, the guy from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? <laughs> yes. That's Jack, famous Captain Jack Spratt. Yeah. Was I don't want, but, you know, I don't want any, you know, like I go, we've, <laughs> I finally found this one Vietnamese place and I, or a uh, Thai place. It was a Thai, it's a Thai restaurant mm -hmm. called Rodosha in Uptown. Absolutely love it. But I, I like get the place. exact same thing, exact same thing every time. What do you get? Chicken fried rice, pineapple chicken fried rice, uh, spice level three, no raisins, no scallions, no cilantro. Like I can't even have scallions or cilantro on it because I just, I, the crunching or whatever it is. And then, you know, there is 10% of the uh, world that um, cilantro tastes like soap, but yep. I'm one of them. It That's absolutely genetic. tastes like, it just, it, it's the worst. I can't take it. 
Matt, do you think your mom, mother-in-law called in with this message or texted in to the Gmail with this message to call you out for not being a vegetable guy? Or yep, do you just yep, always go to much. her house and you never eat them and she's wondering what's going on or what? Yeah. No, I think, I think you know, when we first started dating, there's, there's, there's two things to this. When we first started dating, our, the first time we went over to their house. This is Matt Sarah, and his wife or Matt and his mother-in-law? When you say when we first started dating. Mother-in-law. Nice. So the I went first with time Sarah. Sarah. Date his mother-in-law. The Didn't second, this so is not the second time. <laughs> The first time I met my mother-in-law, the conversation was somewhere along this, like, so you don't eat any vegetables. And Sarah kind of, you know, primed her and said, you know, like, well, what am I going to serve for dinner when we go over out? So we had like this nacho bar thing, right? So I nice. can just have my nice, nice. yeah, nacho bar. Like that. Matt, Matt did the Matt did what my so, kids did. He got chicken fingers and a bowl of rice. He's like, oh, yum yum, <laughs> off the kids' menu. I would eat that. Very that nice. Good. And so then the the next thing that she, you know, after she asked me, this is this is true story now. I actually got permission from her to talk about this at some point, if it ever came up. But she said the first thing, she said, one, can't, can't eat vegetables. Okay, that's weird, whatever. And then she goes, you guys know what this thing is, this thing called a glory hole is? Oh! oh. Uh, first no. time I ever met her. No, I don't. <laughs> it's, purple that, link, that was my, what, what, but my question is, how do you, how do you answer that? Because you, you either say, yeah, you no, I say. don't. And then you kind of look like this really, you know, polished clean guy. Or you say, yeah, I know what that is. And then she's like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Did you think it was a know? test? Yeah. I, I, I was wondering, but no, I don't think it's, I think she, she's just very open about Did things. you say like, why are glory holes so big? Like, why are they always so big around? Like, they don't need to be that big around. I don't need that much space. They're so big. Like, what, is somebody sticking their arm through there? You don't need it to be that big. How about a tiny glory hole for guys like me? Yep. Yep, I thought it was on a test. That reminds and, me uh, of the first time I met my father-in-law. He was raising pigs. And so he took me out and he goes, look at the size of the scrotum on this pig. <laughs> and, I was like, and the thing was, pigs have do have enormous scrotums. I mean, it looks like they're going backpacking around Europe. That's how big their balls are. They're so big. They're enormous. And I was like, actually, that's really big. But instead, I said something like... Oh, it's not that big. And then that sounded like weird. Like I was kind of like dragging. And I was like, well, I don't know what I want either. This is a disaster. When yeah. was the first time you met your father-in-law, Rosie? Uh, this is a, that's a very good question. That's a good question. Uh, it was not the most opportune time. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> It was uh okay. It was uh, at the glory hole. Aaron, do you need to warn us that you're going to bring the story down, the podcast down again, or not? No, no. This isn't to bring it down. This is All right. this is. Uh, it was. Uh, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't met him, you know, yet. Uh, I hadn't been introduced to him as yeah, a person who was dating his daughter. That we met him, so we know you haven't met him. Yeah. So please continue but with the story. I don't think I don't know that he was aware that I existed, or maybe he was aware that I existed, but he certainly wasn't expecting to see me the day that he uh, met me. Was he me the guy you I booed at was... that concert that you went to <laughs> no, at that show? No, no all right, guy. Hey, <laughs> who's running down the stairs yes. and out? And who's running down the stairs when I'm coming in? Oh my God, it's that guy that's <laughs> yes. with me at my show. Did have clothes on, but I had a T-shirt on that said "rock star" on it. So that was, <laughs> oh, you got, you got yeah. past that. I'm, I'm obviously not a rock star. So yeah. Yeah. And on the back, mean, things are good free, now, but free breathalyzer poke here. And then it was, <laughs> so where did you meet him? Aaron? Was where was back. it? At, uh, at my, um, now sister-in-law's house. 
Well, explain. You're leaving out some I'm details not, here. <laughs> this this is I'm, not, I'm not saying any more than that. I'll tell, you, I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you really briefly, what? only because we, we're bringing up father-in-laws. My father-in-law, Denny, who has called into the show once or twice, passed away about a couple of weeks ago now and was one of the greatest guys. But the first time I ever met him, first time I ever met him, Sarah, we were out drinking at a bar and she had talked me into spending the night, right? And she says, I'm like, you know what? I just... She's living with her dad at the time um, after college, things like that. I'm like, I just don't want to, I don't want to meet your, your dad in the morning. Oh, he sleeps till like nine, you know, like no, just no. get up early and go. Okay. So I got up, Man, I got up so at like horny. six o'clock. Can you imagine how horny you'd have to be to wake up and know you're going to see her dad there? You'd have to, I would just be like, no, I will never do this ever. She could pull a gun on me and I'd be like, shoot now because I'm not, you know, this is humiliating. She, she talked to me. She's like, no, it'll be fine. Just get up early. You get out, you know, no worries kind of a thing. I'm like, okay, it sounds good. So Matt's I got up at like 545. Matt's hopping out the window, crawl, walking around, knocking on the door and being like, oh, hello. I just showed up this morning. Uh, why don't you have any shoes on? <laughs> why are your shoes already in the house? Who's up at 545, halfway through their paper, drinking coffee was, was yep. Denny. Was oh, right no. So she, she tricked me. So what did you do? Did, no. you, did you have a conversation? I just said, hey. What happened? Nope. I just said, hey, and I ran out of there as fast as <laughs> I could. <laughs> and did he ever let you forget about it? Did he remind you of it forever? Nah, he was too nice. He wouldn't bring it up. But I brought it up numerous times. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys got any buttermilk? And you're like in there like digging around in the fridge. and It's like, oh, sorry. sorry I should have put on a towel or something. You guys got any... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, mine was definitely similar, Matt. It was definitely a, um, oh, we were just headed out to, you know, lunch moment. It's like, well, it's 930 in the morning. Like, oh, yeah. I- <laughs> yeah. How about you, Rob? What was your your uh, first meeting with the in-laws? Was there any skulking around in, in the no. house looking for buttermilk or what? No, I am a, guys, I am a gentleman, okay? I treat the <laughs> ladies uh, like a fine wine, okay? Oh. And I would never go visit their parents until I've been dating them for weeks. Because remember, Jenny didn't want anyone to know that I was dating her. Oh, for the right. first bit. She wanted it to be a huge secret. Who knows why? Could be any reason. Nobody actually knows why that was why she wanted it to be a huge secret. Uh, definitely not because of just me in general. Okay. Also why we had to get married in the dark, like those restaurants I want to go to. She said it was more sensual. I was like, I don't even know if that's you that I'm holding the hand of. Uh, yeah, no. So we went and I went to the farm and actually the first time I met her parents, we butchered chickens together. So they got to see how squeamish I was around oh, butchering animals. Did you yeah, uh, chop the heads off? Uh, no, they would not give me that job. I had a job of like checking to see if Jenny did a good job with her thing. Like it, they, they humiliated me by giving me like, Oh, you're an idiot. If you can't a, do any of this. If a chicken's head falls, when it falls off, yeah. does it really run around for a while? Oh no, 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 no. My father-in-law made a big speech about how it's much better if they bleed out slowly, they taste way better. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, why does Uber not come out here to pick me up and get me out of this situation? This is a disaster. And you looked at him and you said, I don't do anything slowly, sir. <laughs> Give him like the wink, you know. <laughs> Guys, let's get into rolling going. Is it time? It's time to see what everybody's up to. Like when there's it's time for like, to me, that's like when people yeah, say, What are you reading right now? And if I'm not actually reading a book. I have to like make something up, you know, and be like, yeah, I was going to so many weddings with, with Steve, that Steve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were sitting at the same table that we started this game of that. I would have one bite for every wedding. So we started wedding one. I said, okay, I'll have one bite wedding two. And we got up to like 14 and it was 
miserable. Rob, aren't you pissed you, you paid for like a whole a whole tray of vegetables <laughs> for Matt? Like his plate was full of Brussels sprouts and he probably didn't eat any of them. Russell, it might surprise you to recall that my wedding was a buffet. Okay, that might surprise <laughs> you looking at me to know that my wedding was an all-you-can-eat affair. Everybody's like, is there open bar? I was like, no, but there's tons of souvlaki. <laughs> Are you Greek? No, I'm not. I just like Greek. No, I just like souvlaki. Uh, rolling going. Aaron, how's it going with you? It's a, uh, I don't want to steal a phrase, but I'm, I'm kind of in a glass case of emotion this week. There's a lot oh, happening no. in my life. Uh, you'll notice those of you who are watching on the video, I'm mm-hmm. inside my house this evening because. Wait, how many people are watching on the video? Is it more than us or not? I mean, I, you never know. I mean, right. we could be, we could be getting hacked. The only video I have from Aaron's house is showing his closed toilet right now. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's important. That's a, yeah. And that's for research that's purposes. Oh, no. That, that camera's thing. for research purposes. Okay, Chuck Berry and I set that up. Not a big deal. So I, uh, we had a giant rainstorm. We had a bomb cyclone last week on Sunday. And uh, the, bomb. the roof on my podcast studio failed. So it was raining in the podcast studio. So that, mm. uh, that happened. And um, uh, my lady was kind enough to tell me that tonight I should not uh, record in the garage where there may or may not be black mold. So I'm recording here inside the the kitchen. So that's one thing. Um, so there's actually rain coming in your garage, like oh yeah, full on, just dumping through so the roof. Just, yeah, just to give an, people an idea, this is what Aaron's garage sounds like when there's not a collapsed roof. Sometimes I enjoyed okay. the ballads more this, than some of the more normal engineered, or I don't know, I call them musical, whatever you want to call them. There's so much going on with some of these songs that it I enjoyed the ballads. Like Aaron a little is bit broadcasting more. from a shower that he's taking. Right. So tonight I'm just Laying in the kitchen. on the ground or in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just took a shower. You're all sweaty coming out. That's so weird. <laughs> huh? Crap. Now I can't edit that out. <laughs> so, of course, what do you do when you've had a gigantic storm blow through your neighborhood? You watch The Perfect Storm, which it turns out is the greatest movie ever made. So oh, I no. watched, a good the, one. I watched good one. The Perfect Storm again this week. And every time I think that maybe, spoiler alert for our listeners who haven't seen it, every time I think that maybe Billy Tyne and Bobby are going to make it over that last wave and they're going to go home and Diane Lane's going to be happy. She and Bobby are going to move into the new place they got together. And it turns out they didn't make it. Every time I'm just crushed by that moment. So that was tough. You are really but, a, true, a true optimist, Aaron. You are like too sweet for this world. Like thinking like, oh, maybe this movie's going to work out this one time, even though I've seen it over and over. I just keep hoping that it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. so did the perfect storm again this week. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm really uh, fascinated about that I learned about, uh, I just finished a book called Why We Swim by Bonnie Sui. Uh, I'm probably not saying that right. And it's all about the anthropological reasons why humans have decided that swimming is important to us. There is a martial art uh, in Japan called, I'm going to say this wrong too, I believe it's called Nihon Eho. This is samurai swimming. People have kept this alive. It's... It's a general kind of treading water style, but they do swim in full samurai armor. Uh, yes. Some of these, some of these YouTube videos, they are holding a rifle and firing the like they're treading water, holding a rifle, <laughs> shooting a gun outside of the water. Another one, a guy is holding a flag, waving the flag around. The flag is not getting wet, and then when you see the underwater camera, they're doing this like very cool frog leg kick thing. Uh, so that's what I'm into. I, I got to find a Nihon Eho uh, school so I can learn samurai swimming. So- Give me a second here. I want th- I want everybody to hear this loud and clear. I'm actually going to turn the volume all the way up. Oh, that was Aaron's left field take of the week. I mean, I, what I, the hell is he talking about? 
I suppose I earned that I guess I earned that one. You found the end of the internet, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> you found it. I mean, I yeah. swear to God, if I have another guy come up to me today and talk to me about samurai swimming, oh, I have heard, it's like, oh, squid game, oh, samurai swimming. It's like, it's all everybody's talking about. I, I have to ask, Rosie, what... What is the purpose of it, though? You know, like every time they got these things, like there's martial arts because they got this and there's but but what is the purpose of swimming in samurai gear? I think it, at this point, at least from what I could tell in the book, I think it's it's to keep a tradition alive primarily. I mean, I don't think anyone at this moment is like trying to. I mean, do was, the was it like warfare. you know a thousand years ago? Was there warriors like in the water and that was like a sneak attack to? I do think that's possible. Yeah, I think that or like swim across a river to try to, you know, sneak up on your enemy kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and Aaron's talked a lot in the past about, you know, trying to keep traditions alive and how important it is. So that's what I'm into. Yeah, that's why he's a big supporter of all those whaling that they're doing uh, in Japan. He thinks it's a good idea. He's actually on a ship fighting off the anti-whaling ships that are trying to run into whaling ships. He's stopping them from stopping the whaling. He's like, we have too many whales. These whales need to go. Uh, check this out. I'm going to put on samurai gear and hop into the ocean. And show I'm you wearing my really full cool. samurai gear. Yeah, that's it. That's me. You guys get me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Aaron. Uh, samurai swimming. Absolutely. <laughs> the looks on our faces look like when I was reading the beginning of the podcast. Just all of us dead faced. Not surprised. I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah. Samurai swimming. And then to read a book. So, again, I just want everybody at home to picture. So our fan at home. OK, just picture you're, you're living with Aaron. You've married Aaron, right? He comes in. Hey, what are you reading about? Oh yeah, these guys jump, put on samurai armor, and just you just hear a buzz in your head, just like the rest of the time. <laughs> you hear like a low hum. You're like, oh, oh, here we go again. But she bought me the book. It was a gift. It was a, she was she saw the book at the bookstore and she thought I would like it, and she brought it home to me. So that's really sweet. That's why you guys are perfect for each other. Exactly. There has to be somebody in California that's doing this. Somewhere I know. I'm going to find it. California. Yep. So, I'm going to find it. We and I'll give you the password to the uh, Beck did a better Instagram. You got to post. <laughs> I'm that would be our, by far our most watched reel of all time. It'd be crazy. Everybody would go crazy for it. Uh, Russ, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. Speaking of rolling, I went to the Rolling Stones concert this last week, and the Rolling Stones were in up. town. All the cool kids. Russ, did. what did they open with? You know, that's the only thing I care about with concerts. I don't know. I can't answer the question. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look at you. Keep going. The you reason can't I can't look it up. Matt, Matt, you went to the concert, didn't you? What did they open? Street Fighting Man. Ooh, Street Street Fighting Man. That's a good. I like that one. Yep. And what they close with, Matt? Because again, Uh, I don't know the answer to that one. Satisfaction. This this does not sound good. This is not. This this sounds. Are you sure you didn't go see a Rolling Stones tribute band? Oh no, I made it. I made it there. So I thought I could share my experience with you guys at the Rolling Stones concert. Wow. Uh, Maybe get your thoughts on some of some of the things that happened. How you would have handled it differently? Is that cool? I think that sounds like such a good idea. I can't. And I'm sure. Just your description of it makes me think that this. Went perfectly. Russ, go ahead. <laughs> so excited uh, to hear about it. All right. So I decided I had to go see the Stones. If we're doing this podcast, the Rolling Stones are coming. How many more t- chances do you get to see them? So I, I get tickets for it. I go I go with a date. I bring a date to the, the oh, Stones concert. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, this is going to be even sweeter than I thought. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm drooling. And so immediately, so we take an Uber. We go down to the stadium. So we Uber, no car down there, but we Uber down and you got to walk all around. And so we start getting in line and we get to the front of the line. And my date has a small purse. Won't let her in because she's got a person out. Can't oh, go in with the person. What? So then they they say there's other entrances where you can get in with a small bag, but they, they won't let you in. And there's multiple lines, probably like eight lines in the in that area. You can't get in any of them. We go to the next one. Get to the. You can see up there, no no bags. 
So we have to walk around the whole stadium for, you know, 15 minutes before we can even find a line that we can get in. And this is after we'd already been up and been told we can't be let in because she's got a purse. So it's like, all right, we're already off to a rough start, right? This this feels to me like you're starting to get a taste of what it's like to be married. Like this is just like a small taste. Because you, 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 in your mind, I mean, did you just say, why don't you throw the purse away? Right? Did that thought well, occur to you? Like throw the purse away or I'll like put the purse under my shirt or something? Yeah. To be fair, I- she was going to bring like one of those small backpacks, you know, kind of those uh, back, a small backpack, not one you put an athlete or apples in, but a small one. It's like the and, size of like a, it's like the size of a pig scrotum, right? And it's I said they might not what? they might not let you in with that. It might be one of those clear bag places where they're not going to let you bring a big bag in there. And so then she got out a new purse. So th- at this point, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to stay out of it. Yeah, just let her do her thing. Put where, where bring what she needs. Mm-hmm. So eventually we get in, but it takes us 25, 30 minutes longer because we've been waiting in lines that we couldn't get in. So then we get in and we decide <laughs> if you're going to a concert, are you guys souvenir guys? You go get a shirt or do you not pay for that type of stuff at a concert? No, I haven't. No, I usually don't. They're, well, I saw they were like 50 freaking bucks for a t-shirt. So I was like, it was $50 for so a t-shirt. We decided to get them because mm-hmm, I'm all about exactly. getting the shirt. I think it's fun to get that. And they look pretty cool. You know, it's that Rolling Stones cool. logo with yep. the big tongue, different, different designs with it. But it takes like, 30, 40 minutes just oh, to get through a line oh. of like eight people. Like oh, no. people get up there and they're, they don't know what they want. They don't oh. know what size they are. They're not ready with the card. And it's just like a disaster. And the whole time I'm just like steaming. I'm like, what are we doing here? Why are we being so stupid? <laughs> can we just like go up there, say what number you want, say the size and be done with it. People can't handle it. This is sounding more and more like you're married. I love it. I think this is great. Now, now it sounds like you're married with kids of like, why am I dealing with this shit? Why do I have to wait in line? This is stupid. Concert pro tip, pro most tip. shows, most shows, unless they're like super duper bands that are into all the merch and the posters and everything. You just wait till after the concert, man. They've, they've got so much of that crap, especially if they're going to like a bunch of other cities. They got all sorts of stuff and they're still selling them at the end of the concert. Well, that, that's but. the great part about New York is that when I step out of a concert in New York, all the people are there selling knockoffs. So you can yeah. get that shirt five bucks. You know, I, I, I got a Tenacious D shirt for like seven bucks. It was no big deal. How much were they selling it for for real? Eight bucks? I wouldn't wait in that line. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> we eventually got up there and I, I I bought my data shirt. I was like, hey, this will be a cool memory. Like, you know, I bought two of them. $125 for two t-shirts. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. How much were the tickets? I mean, the tickets were extremely expensive. $125. So at this point, I'm just like, I've got my head in my hands. And I'm like, God dang it. You know? Because like I'm this is why maybe other people are paying attention. And I'm just like, just get up there, pick one out, and be done with it. So oh my God. So at this point, I'm already kind of a bit aggravated. Yeah. Married but it is kids. what it is. But you know, we're going to see the stones. It's gonna be amazing. So we go up and we had talked about this a few weeks ago. I asked you guys, where should you sit for a concert? And Matt explicitly yep. told me, do not sit in the upper deck at U.S. Bank Stadium. Can I actually, can I just, can I just yeah. play something here? Very clearly. Yeah. I will answer that. At U.S. Bank Stadium specifically, sitting up in anything that is a two or three in front of it, and, and as far as a section, just forget about it. There is no acoustics in that place. It is horrible. Okay. Oh. You need to sit lower. If only... If only someone had told you, Russell. I just want to see what you think. Because you're everybody's making fun of me. Oh, Rob's so mean. Rob's so mean. Actually, when our listeners know I have a heart of gold. Okay. Let's see how much Russ cares about Matt's opinion about things. Russ, <laughs> speak, please. 
So here's here's here was my line of thinking Uh-oh. <laughs> to to get in the lower deck, and I don't know. Matt went to the concert. I don't know what pay, Matt paid. That was that's his business. But I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, well, when I was looking for lower deck tickets, even if they weren't that great, we're we're talking like we were we were talking like I was seeing like upper three hundreds minimum, so over four hundred to sit in the lower deck, and it's like, man, if I'm paying for two tickets for that. I'm buying these shirts. Maybe we're getting drinks before. Like this could be like a thousand dollar night. Like I might as well be taking a trip somewhere at that point. And I'm just like, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay 400 bucks for, for a concert. So I just, I'm like, I'll try to get the best seats I can in the upper deck. So I'm like, eventually in the like six in the morning, I saw, I saw these seats first row upper deck on the aisle. I'm like, yes, I'm like, that's, that's, that can't be too bad. You're on the aisle. You can get in and out early, easily. So I go in. And we were walking to our seats and we walk in and I really immediately realized I've made a huge mistake yep. because I am terrified of heights. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. and the <laughs> difference at U.S. Bank Stadium, a lot of times when you go to stadiums, if you sit in an upper deck, there's like a cement barrier in front of you. So you can't really see. You can see out mm-hmm. in front by the stage, but you can't see directly down. But there's like a plexiglass barrier yeah. in front of you at this. So you're sitting there and if you look down where your feet are, you look like you're, you're looking over like a hundred foot ledge. Oh my God. And I immediately become nervous as shit. I've, I'm, I'm super uncomfortable. I'm even letting my date know, like I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like heights. I wish I wouldn't have got these seats. I'm immediately not having fun. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, oh, if this, (laughs) if this was something I could inject in my veins, I would be hooked to it. I'm addicted. I I want to listen to this before I go to bed tonight again. This story about this date. It's so fun to me. Can you imagine being on a date with Russell? Hey, how's it going so far? Uh, I'm terrified. <laughs> oh, great. Do you mind, Russell, do you mind telling us what, you, what, what, the, what the sticker price was for those tickets? Oh, only, they were only like 100, I, I paid like 220 total, so, so 110 okay. each with fees and everything. So I was like, gotcha. that, that's 220 bucks. But like, I'm like, we're in the, if the first row of the upper deck. I know we're far away, but it can't be that bad. Yep. I, I, I heard Matt. I didn't listen to Matt. Yeah. If only someone would have told you. Jimmy. So then we sit down and I'm telling my date, like, I'm just kind of, I'm just being honest because I'm uncomfortable. I'm nervous. Like. My date's standing up, turning around, taking like selfies of the oh. stage. And I'm like freaked out that like someone's standing in this front row. Hey, and, no, and she I'm was just, having fun. That's good. Yeah. If uh, those out there uh, in Back to the Better Land, if you want to see a picture of Russell's date, taking a selfie with a scared <laughs> Russell clinging for life in the background. Okay. I wouldn't even stand up for a picture with that one. I was like, I'm not standing up. I'm scared. So, so then we sit down and I'm just kind of, I'm just literally just trying to relax. I'm like, their band's going to come on soon. I've had, I've had a drink or two. I'm going to be fine. You know, I'm, I'm, it's going to be fine. So I'm just kind of trying to relax, take it all in. And then all of a sudden my date kind of taps me on the shoulder and she says, you think you have a bad, look at the guy, look at this next to me. So I turn and look and the guy who's sitting next to her is doing like the full man spreading where his legs are <laughs> oh, like no. halfway into both chairs beside him. Like his legs are just way far out. And I'm just sitting there and like, so she's got to like completely turn legs, turn the other way. She can barely even sit in her seat. You know what I'm saying? Uh Oh, and so I'm sitting there Uh-oh. and I'm like, Papa, don't take no mess. I'm nervous. Um, I'm not happy. So, and I'm just fucking aggravated at this point, honestly. <laughs> and so I think about it for a second and I kind of lean over and I look at the guy and I say, dude, can we pull our legs in? What are we doing here? Like, or something along those yeah. lines. Like, can we just pull our legs in? And he says, oh, why don't we stand up and talk about it? And you go, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I absolutely will not do that. <laughs> but admittedly, the whole time I was even talking to him, I was like, nervous. I like, don't even want to get into anything. And so he yep. kind of says something back to me, but he pulls his legs in. 
And he kind of says something back. We kind of say something back and forth, but it doesn't really escalate a whole lot. But then all of a sudden, his wife, who was on the other side, starts yelling at me and my date. And she's like, why are you yelling at my husband? Why are you giving him a hard time? All this stuff. And at this point, my date decides to speak up and she should. And she essentially said, your husband's leg is all over me here. You know, like we've paid for our tickets too. you know, he needs to pull like what she was just saying, like, he's got a. (laughs) He doesn't need to be sitting on me. And so you look at his name tag and his name is Steve Big Balls Johnson. And he's like, I can't, I can't help. Why are people wearing name tags to the concert? It literally some, well, he, okay. Well, actually there's a good reason why. Okay. He's a bellhop and he got to go to the concert. Bellhop is one of the few jobs you can do with his huge balls. Okay. Cause it, he can hide it. He, everybody thinks it's an extra bag that he's hopping. Very, very he actually far. gets a bigger tip. Because people think it's a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> they go, that's as big as a pig. That's crazy. Actually, Russell, it sounds a lot like you were maybe sitting next to me and my wife at the concert where I'm hands <laughs> and my wife yells at you. <laughs> well, so, so, so then my date kind of gets in because the, the guy's wife starts yelling at us. And she's just getting belligerent. She's like yelling at us. And all this, my date's not having that. I'll just be straightforward. She's like not having that. She's like, your husband is sitting on top of me. I'm not going to take this. If you're going to keep yelling at us, I'm going to go get security. And like, they don't take no mess. Yeah. So they're talking about. So they're they're yelling back and forth for like 20 seconds, and I'm over here like just ready to die. I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm of the heights. Yeah. I've been in lines all day. I'm aggravated. I've just paid 125 bucks yeah. for two fucking t-shirts. Oh. And, then out and, of that, and then out of that small purse, she pulls a knife, and you're like, oh, this was a great idea. I'm glad we brought that in. <laughs> So, so I'm just like, can we please just stop? Can we just let it, can we stop? I'm like talking to all the people, like, can we just stop? And like, part of it is, you know, my date mentioned this. It's not just you wanting to have fun, but like people behind you are there. Like you don't want to ruin a concert for other people that are trying to enjoy it. It was just, so finally we just sit down and it's just like silence. No conversation going on between (laughs) me, my date or the people next to us. (laughs) So eventually I'm like, eventually the concert's going to start. They're going to be awesome. Jagger comes out. He's all over the floor. He's running around. The crowd's going nuts. Music starts up. The acoustics in the upper deck at U.S. Bank Stadium are the worst in the history of the world. Matt was right. Oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't hear any of the music. I had no idea what songs were being played. Oh no, it took me. It took me five songs before I could understand one song. And I think it was Beast of Burden, but I could have been wrong. Oh my! Like you couldn't hear lyrics. You couldn't hear the music. Yeah, you're wrong. They didn't play Beast of Burden. (laughs) Well, I I don't know what it was, but. Russell's like, oh my God, I can't even hear those guys playing the horns. And she's like, those are guitars. Those are even horns. <laughs> so we can't hear anything. So by like, and my date and I are both, we, we're in agreement. Neither of us can hear anything. It's not just me. Like no one around us is up cheering or anything. I don't think anyone can hear anything up there. And so at some point we're like, let's just abandon these seats. Let's go downstairs and try to just stand in the, in the concourse. So we go down there and we're down there for probably six or seven songs but we can't see anything we can hear oh my, and the oh music sounds a little better, but we can't see anything oh. because you're standing behind chairs and whatnot. Oh, and so finally there's like four or five songs left to go. We need to get an Uber back and it's cold. My date has already made it clear that she's probably not going to do well in the cold. And so we decide we're just out of here. We're not staying for satisfaction. We're out of here. We're not going to get an Uber. So then you think the night's <laughs> over. shaking the- his head. Oh my God. <laughs> the the oh horror God. is over. Like the, I've, I've screwed everything up as it is. So we're leaving and she's like, well, I'm going to get an Uber now. So when we get outside, it'll be there. I'm like, we're in the middle of a stadium. I don't think you can order it here. It's going to end up on like the wrong side of the building. 
We had we had a slight oh. di- different approach in how we would have handled an Uber situation there. So you guys oh, are married, yep. yeah. <laughs> it, it got it got ordered, and we got out and like I'm out there, and I'm like I don't think the, a cab can even get to where we're at. We're like in the middle of a blocked off street. Oh. So I'm oh. like, well, let's just pick. Well, let's pick one block. We'll go one way or the other. We pick one way. We go stand in the corner. Guy can't get there. He's not coming. Oh, so oh. he calls. Oh. He calls her phone, and I'm talking to the guy, trying to explain where we're at. And he's like, well, I can't get there. I'm on the wrong, I'm on the other side of the building. I'm like, are you coming or not? Cause if you're not coming, just tell me so we can get a different ride. And then finally he's just like, I'm not coming. And I'm like, God dang it. And so, <laughs> I so think that makes two of you, Russell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, um, so then I kind of, I kind of, I'm, I'm a pissed at this point. So I kind of say like, I'm going to leave a bad Uber rating. Like I'm just, I don't even know <laughs> yeah, what to say at this yeah, point. I'll get him. So, so he cancels and he, here's how it's like the ultimate sign of a true disaster is the, I, he canceled and it turns out my date the next day told me that she got a, a cancellation charge and was blaming, not blaming me for the charge, but was like, what the fuck? I got a cancellation charge because of whatever you did with that Uber guy. (laughs) And then she was also worried that it was going to hurt her Uber rating. You've discussed that with me. You've tried to help her So Rolling Stones, greatest rock and roll band, maybe worst concert ever. So, so Russell, instead of going to this concert, you could have just stood outside of a closet for like two hours, right? You could have taken like $500 and just burned it. You could have stood in the closet and then had a record on the other side of your house play a Rolling Stones album, maybe, and then yes. went and stand outside in the cold for a little bit, and that would have yes. that would have been exactly the same as your date. Well, there was more than five hundred because we also bought the world's shittiest tacos at the U.S. Bank Stadium too when we, we had nowhere to stand or oh. see. So. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally forgot that you got, also got in an argument with the people sitting next to you. So somebody would <laughs> have to call somebody to get in a fight with them as well. Yeah. So yeah, that I'm never going to a concert again. That is tough, Russell. Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? <laughs> well, I had a couple things to talk about. I was out to dinner with my mother-in-law tonight, and somehow the topic of her pubic hair came Whoa, up. And so what? We'll, get, we'll it, get by that. And then, it, it, can I ask you guys, am I alive? Is this heaven? <laughs> that, you know, like we're getting old, guys, right? Because I was looking at this couple, and they had like a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and they're out to dinner. I mean, and I swear to God, the mom was like 18 years old, right? So... We are getting old. We're getting past the young yeah. kid stage and all that. And I can't, I can't stand it. But Russell, I had, I had a complete different take on <laughs> Rolling Stones concert. I can't believe it. So I was watching tickets the whole week, right? Like waiting for them to come down. And we're just out. You could see there's some over here and over there. So, you know, like the pit in front of the stage, 500 bucks. First row mm-hmm. on the floor, 500 bucks. There's a standing room only way back in the back of the other end zone kind of a thing for like a hundred or like two forty or something like that, not going on the floor. So my thing, like I said, always first level yeah. as close to the stage as you can, as close down to like the first row as you can. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at it where I'm on the first, uh, first section off of the, what would be the right hand side of the stage. Okay. And so, and I know <clears throat> how these stages are set up. There's a bank of speakers pointing right at us. Beautiful. We heard every <laughs> note and every drum. Beat. So man, <laughs> and it was so great. Your goal at the concert is to sit somewhere where you can see 
and hear the concert. That's like a goal of yours. Yeah. Would you advise that others do that as well or not? I would, you know, so then I'm looking, right, and like this this first row. I could have just forfeited the t-shirts and probably sat with Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Here, we'll we'll do the math in a second. You were saving money, Russell. Very smart. First sections are three, it's 396 for the first 30 rows, okay? Mm -hmm. And then row 31. Pre or post fees. We're living in a fee world. We're getting into the Rain Man situation. We'll get, I'll get, I'll get to what I paid in fees. (laughs) Row 31 through 36 in this first section is 246. So I'm like, 30 rows is not that bad, especially if you got a bank of speakers point right at you. So literally, we got our ticket, I got tickets for 246. And then with fees, it was 284. Mm-hmm. Okay, Russell. And I was lucky <laughs> enough to know that Ubers is not a good thing coming out of a big ass concert oh, like that. No. Of those so. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the smoke, time machine, the smoke, yeah. metal door comes down. It's Russell yeah. coming back to last week saying, Russell, Matt's serious. You should talk to Matt more about the concert. He actually knows what he's talking about. And so I went I went with a couple of, of, of Beck did a better fans. Uh, Kirsten from Edina went, and then Nick from Minneapolis, and then another guy, Pat, another another story for another day. But, you know, so we sat, and literally the people that were in front of us paid 150 bucks more than we were run row, one row back from them. But it was great. I had my dad drop us off, you know, <laughs> and after the concert – he was there. I could see that the concert was going to end at 11 o'clock because that's what time they all end at. So he had the spot where he parked. We got right in, mm-hmm. <laughs> walked right up, got right in, got right on to 35W, was home in about 20 minutes from walking outside <laughs> the stadium. Didn't shit. pay a dime for it. You know, didn't have to buy a T-shirt because 50 bucks, that's $50 for a T-shirt, as Macklemore used to say. And so it was great. They played it was, I called it the Let It Bleed. They played five songs off Let It Bleed, okay? And to play Midnight Rambler, which <laughs> Rob's playing right over the top here. You know? <laughs> Are we going to do the whole set list? <laughs> I can tell you the whole set list. But to hear amazing, Midnight Rob. Rambler live so with good. a whole bunch of uh, Mick on harmonica. So you didn't hear any of his harmonica. You couldn't it hear was, any of it. It no, was so God, good. Again, you would have again. loved it, I think, compared to like the Dylan harmonica. It was so good. But to hear that live. So you want to go through the, the complete set list? I can do it real quick if you want, Russell. Only for you because you didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt is enjoying this far more than I expected. I'm sorry because I, I feel so bad because it was the Rolling Stones and it was like they're 78 and you're never going to be able to see them ever again. And it was such a good concert. <laughs> You know, and there was like night. I'm just trying not to. I literally, not I, to. I literally, I don't think can tell you one song they played. I, oh, I, they I, played I know. Street, oh my God. Street Fighting Man, great. You know, then let's spend the night together. Night, 19th, Nervous Breakdown. No, no, that Tumbling Dice. Tumbling oh, God, Dice no. live. Awesome. Yeah. Monkey Man. <laughs> oh, no. Monkey Man. They don't play Monkey Man live. That's in like every movie you've ever heard. It was so good. Monkey Man live. Fool to cry. You can't always get what you want to hear that live. Was yeah. worth it. That you can't always. Did do they what do you that one live. about uh, your mom doing the laundry? It's a classic. Nope. A lot of people are talking about that. <laughs> didn't do that one. Uh, living in a ghost town. Didn't know that one. They played "Start Me Up." Then they played "Honky Tonk Woman," the oh. real version, not the one off "Let It Bleed," but still off "Let It Bleed." So they played that uh, "Connection" and "Before They Make Me Run," which was Keith Richards was singing. Horrible. Russell's I mean, they just, just let Nick get That's a, when you a go break there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss you, Midnight Rambler. Live. Oh. It was like a 12, oh. 13 minute jam session. I'd love to hear Miss You. Ooh, that'd be it good. It was so good. Painted Black, Sympathy for the Devil, Jump a Jack Flash. Then they said, Good night. We'll see it. Came back out for an encore. 
Give me shelter and then satisfaction. It was so good. You know what I didn't so have good. satisfaction in? The double gin and tonics that you charge. <laughs> Guess what they charge you for two double gin and tonics? $47. Oh, $49. Oh, <laughs> so close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russell, I feel so bad. Is this, where so we, That's horrible. is this where we peel back the curtain for our listeners and tell them that in the pre-show, Matt was like, yeah, I just got to, I might, I just might, I might mention the show, just a couple things. I might just, I might just. <laughs> I didn't know Russell was going this round. I, I feel so it, bad. It was a complete bomb, but I'm glad you had fun, man. I, it was there were so many good. people there and it, it looked like a fun event, but I, I just was not able to have the same experience you did. I, yeah. I got to admit, I had a feeling some of this up, so I did pull that sound clip. Like, that didn't just come out on this show. I better pull this sound clip just to make sure. Uh, it was good. Rob, how, rolling going. How's it going with you? Well, okay, so let me ask you guys a serious question here that's going to get edited out. We, we're at 53 minutes. I've got a long story. I, I think I'll save it for next week. Does that sound good? I'll just do a short, I'll do a short one. Yeah, you're, yeah, Let's just you're do a short the, one. I don't want to yeah, run yeah. out of energy on this one, and that was those were so good. If you want to cut my story down too, you can do that. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm, let me think about that. Do I want to cut down Russell's story where he's in agony for an entire date? And it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And if I could grind it up and snort it, I would do it right now without hesitation. I would quit my job to listen to that story 10 more times. Like, I wouldn't even. The biggest part of the story, though, is the whole time I'm thinking, like, my date might not go out with me again. Like, I'm clearly annoyed. But then, like, it became clear she was also annoyed by all the things that were going on. Also annoyed we couldn't hear. Yeah. Russell, everything. the thing is to me, that's just an average Friday night for me. That is not a big deal. Like, two people annoyed at the end of a date. Who cares? Matt, did you bring your wife to the Rolling Stones concert? No. See, she Russell, for that is the goal. Yeah. You, are trying to, you are trying to meet somebody so you can marry them and then never bring them to another concert again. You can do whatever you want. That is that is the ultimate. That's That's what we're trying to do here. Uh, so I've got I've got something just written down here. I've got two things I want to talk about. Number one, I just wrote down Mexican buffet question mark. Why aren't there more Mexican? Somebody on my Facebook goes, hey, can somebody recommend a Mexican buffet for me? And everyone afterwards is like, those don't exist. That is not a thing. Never has that existed. That has never been a thing. Why isn't that a thing? A Mexican buffet would be awesome. I would love a Mexican buffet. Why don't you just go through Taco Bell? It's not a buffet. Russell, it's, I want a buffet. I want to be able to see like, oh, the chimichanga that looks good. Oh, an enchilada that looks good. Oh, I would love a torta, something like that. Like those all sound really. It, yeah, if Taco Bell was a buffet, guess what? I'd love it. And you know what I used to love? Those Pizza Hut buffets. Remember those where Pizza Hut would oh, just yes. put out all the pizza, and you'd be like, hmm, maybe I should have yes. just dessert pizza today. For me, it was the. In, I wonder how I'll do in school after I eat ten pieces of dessert pizza at noon, and then go sit into the class for two hours. Yeah, for me, it was the Indian buffet. I couldn't resist the Indian buffet anywhere, any city, anywhere I'm, anywhere I am, and always just like need a nap straight away. Like can't, but I do it anyway. Matt, do you like any sort of buffet? No, I don't. You, oh, I've never. I, I, Matt, I, I, Matt, I used to go honest, to all the, all, no, Matt, so wait all the time. Matt, wait, no, Matt, he Matt. said this, he said this what last you, episode. What if you he went to a buffet and though. just chose a single menu? Yeah, what if you went to a buffet and just <laughs> ate the same thing over and over? Half of it is that, I mean, like, do you ever really know, like, how your food is prepared unless they're cooking in front now, of you. I mean, let's be very clear. You know, Every huh. year we go to Vegas, Matt makes a point to go to the oh. Aria buffet. All we talk about the whole trip is when we are going to go. And it's gotten to the point where Matt says, I don't care if anyone comes with me. I, and going. I think you've eaten at the buffet by yourself before, I right? Have, yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, like, that's not a buffet. <laughs> that, that somehow it seems like more fun than Russell's date, but it still is a pretty sad scene. <laughs> yeah. So why do you not like buffets again? Because the food's well, been okay. up for so long, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to pay a hundred bucks for a buffet or 50 bucks, you know, it's a little different than going to like the old country buffet for eight ninety nine, all you can eat kind of a thing. hundred bucks. That like sounds like a seat. deal to Russell. He would love that. <laughs> 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 but seeing like, you know, you, you kind of see when like the pork loin or the, you know, whatever it is, meatloaf, when it's been sitting out just a little too long and you're just like, oh, I just don't want to eat that. I don't know. And so I just, I, I, I just, I've gone to too many of them with baseball teams and basketball teams and, you know, all that stuff. Cause that's how you go and eat a whole bunch of food for cheap, but it's just, it just grosses me out now to see all those people just putting everything in. And, uh, I don't know. I just can't do it anymore. So why does every other, uh, ethnic food have buffets except for Mexican food? Why is there no Mexican food buffets? What is the reason that sounds, is that a million dollar idea? Should we have a Beck did a better, uh, Mexican buffet is a better name. Yeah, we need a what, better name than that. What could Not go wrong name. for the four of us opening a Mexican buffet? Yeah. No problem. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no issues there. Guys, I'd love to go into business with you. Everything I've done so far makes me think we would be a well-oiled machine and nothing. I mean, it's a fair question, Rob, because many of their dishes are stews and then sides of rice and beans. It's not that different from cuisines like uh, Indian, but maybe it's just that they. Maybe the economic models never made sense. Like you want to sell more tacos. You don't want people just like spooning giant plates of guisado on and running away with it. <laughs> just, I like how you're thinking here. Just people taking tons of queso and be like, <laughs> yes, this is the best buffet ever. <laughs> Listen, I, I knew I couldn't tell a story better than Russell's. I didn't want to try. Mexican buffet question mark. It's all I had in my notes. We're going to go with that today. <laughs> I think it's time for us to get into nobody's favorite part of the album. Let's talk about the album. Oh, is this a music podcast? Rob, are you doing the essay again this week? I am, and I'm going to talk nice and slow for you, Russell, so you can understand what I'm saying. Nice. Uh, And again, I'm sorry to everyone that I'm not telling the story that Russell just already told, because that is obviously, that's our Mount Everest. We've already- We don't have to keep keep bringing it up. Do I need to show you my t-shirt here? Like, we don't have to keep uh, bringing it up. I mean, I'm going to keep bringing it up, just like you walking up those stairs to section 303, where you're sitting right in front and you were terrified. And then you got in a big fight with a couple next to you. Classic. Let us see that. Do you have the t-shirt? Can we see it? Yep. One sec. Uh Uh-oh. He's leaving the podcast. Guys, he took That's off the it. headphones. That is so fucking funny. His That's date it. was such a disaster. That makes me laugh so fucking hard. Oh, God. I could pay, if I could pay money to watch a video of that, I would. It would be so good. So, I, But, you know, he did everything he could on the date. I think, I think he tried. You know, it's just so. It sounds like she's still I, went, I went to the concert, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Oh, that's Ooh, a pretty I one. Like it, I like that's it. That's a good one, though. It's got the big Rolling Stone tongue with the with kind of the flag on it. They only had yeah, a, couple, like a couple available, man. I didn't think they had, they didn't have everything that. America. Yep. Yeah. Russell sees on the back, says Trump 2024. He's like, oh, no, I didn't no. see it. <laughs> they, snuck, they snuck one by me. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it was the only one worth only $200. The others were made way more expensive. <laughs> Russ decided to say, yeah, I'll say, guys, guess what? I'm going to save some more money on this date. It's worked out every time when I'm trying to save money. I'm going to do it again. I think it's a great idea. I don't even want to look at the shirt anymore. Now I'm afraid <laughs> something's going to be on it that I'm not happy about. <laughs> for two drinks. 49. (laughs) Russell is going to be the only person who flies out to New York is like, wow, everything is so cheap out here. This is great. I love it. In the early 60s, there was a strict dichotomy in music. Pop stations played white music. And if you wanted to hear Sam Cooke or Jackie Wilson, you need to tune into black radio stations. The goal of many black artists were to find that elusive crossover hit that could be played on pop radio so they could get that extra million record sales that comes when you have a number one hit. Brown had a hit with Please, Please, Please in 1956 and kept grinding away 
and he didn't get another one for three years with Try Me. While he was looking at it for another hit, he spent the previous six years on the Chitlin circuit, an all-black touring schedule in the South. Brown had been perfecting his electric stage show and was ready to show it off in New York City at Harlem's Apollo Theater. When he arrived there, he played six shows a day, and the lines would continuously snake around the theater. Instead of looking for a single that would become a hit, he decided to take what was hitting now and share it with the world. He decided to take a chance and finance his own recording of his live show. Brown recorded the album and begged the head of King Records to release it, but was repeatedly turned down because who would want to hear an album with songs that were already released as singles, and it was well known that every live album turned out to be a real dud. The album was not only an instant classic, it showed a side of James Brown's live performance that would be his trademark. The screams from the crowd during the eight-minute version of Night Train left it up to the listener's imagination what Brown must have been doing to elicit such cheers from the Apollo crowd. This album ended up spending 66 weeks on the Billboard album chart, peaking at number two, and it sold over a million copies. While this album made James Brown a household name in both black and white households, it's truly a testament to how driven Brown was to be a success. And now let's listen to the legendary Live at the Apollo with James Brown. Nice. Coming your way. It is start time. Are you ready for start time? I'm ready for it. Oh, God, ready. start time? Thank you, and thank you very kind. I've listened to Russ's story. I don't have enough time. It's a great place to present to you at this particular time, national and international known as the hardest working man in show business. We're going to listen to this. saying, I'll go crazy. Yeah. Take him to church. So horns on this are great, aren't they? Unbelievable. You know, what's funny is they were looking for this. For the masters to this forever, they could not release a CD version of this because they had lost the masters. And somebody was digging around in a crate looking for some other band, and they go, "Oh, James Brown Apollo Show 2. They're like, "I think we've been looking for this for a long time." They're finally able to release it on like a CD version of it. latest release, Night Train. Let's everybody shout and shimmy. All right, I'm gonna. I own I own this CD. You own, it? you own it, Eric? But I don't anymore. But when I used to own CDs, I owned this one. And one of the times that my truck got broken into in Minneapolis, this CD was sitting. What, one of the times? How many times were there? Three, Three times. times? Three not times? Even that, not even that far from Matt's neighborhood back in the day. <laughs> and one of the times this CD was sitting on the seat of the car. They stole my checkbook. They did not steal this CD, which I got to tell you at the time, this CD was far more valuable than my checkbook. (laughs) 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 Jokes on that guy trying to write a hundred dollar check at Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) I, I I just love the the intro on this song. When you listen to this, this album and you start with, with that intro, it just puts you in a, in a mood to enjoy the music. And I'm going to go a little different style this week. We're going to do a list here on Ooh, the greatest the intros dude, in live dude, album dude. history. Oh, oh I love this. I can't wait. We break in the list right off the bat. Great. And normally I've, I've scolded Aaron for doing this before, but I'm, I'm going against the rules. We're going to try it out. You're the master list maker, man. You do what you First want. First song on the list, Matt, I believe you had listened to this band recently. The band is oh. Kiss. The album is Alive, 1975. Check out the intro to, to Kiss. This is, this is one of my favorite of all time. Yes. 
You wanted the best and you got it. You got it. And then just the guitar. I mean, it's so good. I, I say that the number of times where I've said in my life, you wanted the best and you got it. It's just, it's the perfect introduction. It's so good. 305 on the list. And I did text you guys that I have, I, I don't get Kiss. You guys are going to have to explain it to me. And but I get I think it. I'm, I, I, if get Russell, it I hope Russell's doing what I think he's going to do. Oh, Aaron, I'm just about to smack things around, aren't I? I'll tell you what, uh, man. Uh, if you haven't heard of Kiss, they're actually one of the hottest bands in the nation. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, you should really like this because you're talking. You've got a. You may be having a, a roadie gig coming up, and it turns out that the person who came up with that line for Kiss was actually their roadie. And then the the, yes. the line is kind of morphed over time with Kiss. So there's always a little bit different version of it, but mm. it was the roadie who came up with it, Matt. So when you have your roadie gig coming up, maybe you can introduce I'll have the hottest band in the land. Pressure's on. I think what's really weird is that the newest version is you wanted the best, but you didn't want to pay. So now you're sitting up in section 303 and you're terrified. <laughs> Wait, we're still making fun of me for this? We're not done? Uh, can't, can't. Welcome I'm going to get world, a time Russell. machine and go uh, forward 10 weeks. Give me a second. Uh, yeah, it turns out we're still talking about it 10 weeks from now. <laughs> hey, you can at least do the smoke and the rivets and all the whole deal if you're going to do the time machine bit. At least let me laugh. <laughs> Well, sometimes you want the best and you don't fucking get it. So here's the intro from GNR Live. This is Night Train. You wanted the best, but they didn't fucking make it. Yes. 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 Isn't that the biggest like middle yes. finger to kiss? Yes, I was it's so awesome. badass. Russell, I was praying okay. for this one. Right. Just did praying hear, for did it. Did you hear the train horn there? When they started, they did a little train. No, so I missed that. I was oh my busy God. congratulating Russell for this choice. I think for once, Aaron, you should go back and listen to one of our episodes because you hear a little <laughs> toot, toot. Like it's the corniest. You know what? Fuck it. I'll edit this out, but I'm going to play it for you again, Rosie, just because I think it's so funny. Aaron, you're impressed with that. Oh, let's play it again. I want to hear it again. Listen to this train. Yeah, I was yelling at the Uber driver with that voice. So there, so you can just you can picture somebody's going like, "You are the best. You didn't fucking make it." And then they take out one of those train whistles that you buy in nephews when you want to annoy people. <laughs> I like to picture Axel's up there with a little train was like, train. Next up on the list, this is one of Aaron's favorites. He's always brought this this group up. This is Art Blakely, A Night at Birdland, Volume Ooh. One. Check out the intro here. Russell is on base. And let's get together and bring Art Blakely to the bandstand with a great big round of applause. How about a big hand? Oh, now? this is nice. Art Blakey! Thank you. Oh, is that bad so good. or what? That's so good. good. Is that sampled in something? Oh man, I'm going to give it to you. All right. So this is this was this guy named Pee Wee Marquette, and he worked at all these jazz clubs. The Birdland was this jazz club. I think it's in New York, 52nd Street, maybe somewhere in there, Rob. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was kind of this second? famous hype man for all these jazz bands who would come in, and so he kind of was the hype guy. And this was this famous thing. But we have heard. We have heard that sampled in something. Wait, wait a minute. It's yeah. US3, <laughs> Flip Fantasia. Oh, Check this yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Funky, funky. How about a big hand now? Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Russell, that's so nice. damn it, Russell. That's Isn't so that good. cool? Yes. This list, this list is making up for that's, any cast. Oh, that's, I, I like these are so all good. playing off one another. It's so good. 
Yeah. Who who do you think out of the four of us would be the best jazz hype man? Who would be the best introduction man for a jazz band at a 100% Matt? Got it. So. Yes. 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 Um, uh, thanks for coming. Here, these guys Please are. Please have your yeah. seats and um, <laughs> enjoy the music. Thanks for coming. Feel here free to. Like, Feel free to grab a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to make a big hand now. I'm about to make a hand now. Uh, it'd be so right. good. I, I would up, do it, but it would take me like 15 minutes to intro it. I'd be like, tell a story. And then <laughs> be like, Mexican buffets? What's the deal with those? Yeah. There's this guy I know. He went to the Rolling Stones concert. It really sucked. <laughs> I'm going to tell like, you all about it. Greatest concert I've ever been to. This is the greatest story. Next up on the list, we need to cover this one. Aaron, you have actually talked about this album once before. This is B.B. Oh. King live at Cook County. Rob, if you hold on yes. for a second. So the, the person who introduces this introduces B.B. King first. So we're going to listen to the B.B. King introduction. But there's something really cool about it you guys have to check out. So you can hit that, Rob. I picture me intro, introing people at the jazz club. I'm like, hey, everybody, it's the Art Blakey band. Uh, and then Russell's up top going, what? What are you saying? I can't understand you. I bought cheap tickets. I made another terrible mistake. <laughs> All right. So check out. This is where the, this is where they're introducing B.B. King at, at live at Cook County. Cook County, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a Matt type He's been intro. Referred to as the Got some blues going on. Chairman of the board. Yep. Oh, yeah. The man. The E man. So it's kind of a cool little intro, but the coolest thing about this intro, I've never heard this before. This lady who introduces him, before she introduced him, she also introduces the sheriff who gets booed, and then the judge who gets booed out of the building. Check it out. Go to 102, Rob. You guys have to listen to this. Another dear friend of all Yours out there is the Chief Justice of the Criminal Court, Judge Joseph Powell. That is so funny. Yeah. What did they think was going to happen? Like, what did they think was going to happen? I mean, can you imagine? You're like, okay, big concert, Cook County Jail. I'm so hyped. I'm going to get the crowd hyped. All right, here we have a, a judge who pulled most of you people here. Uh, okay, here's BB King. He'd be like, I "Wait, just don't what? understand why they're booing." It's a great introduction, isn't it? It's so funny. Oh my god! All right, last song on the list. This is a band we just talked about recently. This is Steely Dan. This is I don't know how you pronounce it. Bode Isavata or something. Live version of this album. And check out the intro here. This was their truck driver and an MC. He got a little liquored up, and he could not. Recall whether Steely Dan was a person or a band. Yes. Check it out. The Magnificent Ones. Mr. Steely Dan and whatever. Mr. Steely Dan. <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> Is that a great introduction or what? Yeah. That's so I'm not fantastic. the only one who doesn't know whether Steely Dan is a vibrator, a person, or a band. <laughs> Russell, that was so good. That was easily a top five list. I thought it was fun. It list by and it was free. That you didn't spend a couple hundred bucks list. doing that. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine that guy like the next day he has to introduce Van Morris and he's like, this is the worst job. I, Mr. <laughs> Van Morris or the band? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's I'd go crazy. <laughs> let's get into... <laughs> Uh, the album. I'll go crazy. Believe me. Believe me. I think 
I hear, I mean, I hear John Bonham everywhere now that we've listened to Led Zeppelin, but I feel like he listened to the drumming on this record. You can just hear these triplets going mm, on. Yeah, I like the drumming on this one. Yeah, I, the, the the sound quality of this live show is so good. Like, there's something about the, how they mic the crowd where they're so loud. You can hear you can hear every instrument in my mind really perfectly, but the crowd is, it's almost like you're there when you have headphones on listening to it. It's so good. That song was produced performed at the Kennedy Center Honors, which Russell loves to bring up. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, if he's going to go there, he's going to sit way up top. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who performed that song when James Brown was inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors? Might as well have been the Rolling Stones. I wouldn't have known the difference anyways. <laughs> Somebody, uh, probably one of the greatest blues singers of all time. I mean, think about who Ooh. could it be that could pay tribute to somebody as great as James Brown? Who could it be that could represent that whole, like, you know, uh, coming from nothing and getting everything and the hardest working man in show business? It was Ooh. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Dan Whoa, Aykroyd. What? Who not? <laughs> oh, no. Who is the guy it's who, when good. you see We Are the World video, you're always like, what the fuck is Dan Aykroyd doing in there? <laughs> what are you blowing in there? About and instead, He's doing James Brown at the Kennedy Center for James Brown. Can you imagine? James Brown is there. He's watching. Instead, you see Dan Aykroyd. What a nightmare. Well, James Brown was in the movie The Blues Brothers. They've got, they've got to have some sort of friendship. He was in the movie. Oh, that's right. He was, he the, was the preacher he, in the movie. One of the, the best scenes in that movie. That was about the scene right after that is where that movie got really, really long for me. I remember when I was older, I was like, oh, I love The Blues Brothers. I, I used to watch it all the time. And then I remember that I would only watch like 10-minute segments of it. When you watch that whole movie, it's like three hours long. It's a, it's a long-ass movie. And there's some great music in there, but man, that is a long movie. The highlight of that scene is where John Belushi is doing cartwheels. And you're like, that man is too fat to be running up and down and doing cartwheels like that. <laughs> That's the highlight. I love it. Cocaine's a bad drug, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Try yeah, me. For using that. Hey, it's like Cocaine said to Dan Aykroyd. Try me. Oh, listen to that reaction. I know. That first note when the bat, when the crowd knows what it is. I mean, this was the one that was his first hit to make the Billboard Top 200. Listen to the, listen to the bass on this. Like, listen yeah. to this bass just sing on here. So good. Carl Pruitt, Aaron. Is that who it is? I should have looked that up, Russell. Nice. Well, it's so funny because the original, you know, his first hit was really Please, 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 which is just him saying Please, Please, Please over and over. And then he took all the writing credit for that song, gave nobody else any money for it. And his band goes, guess what? We're out of here. Screw you. And then he once again did this with Try Me. He said, listen, somebody at a club gave me the song. I'm going to sing it. He gave it to his guitar player, helped him write it, did all of it. And then James Brown gave absolutely no writing credit to anyone else. Once again, took all of it for himself. It's a classic James Brown story. Instrumental. We got a little instrumental break here. Please listen to this. I mean, this, I think this would be another record where you put it on and be like, I got to call somebody and have them come over and listen to this. Crazy. Think. Think about the hard time that I spent with you. Think about the thing that I done to you. The thing about listening to this too, without without seeing it, is there is some really great footage of James Brown and the and the famous Flames on YouTube, and we're missing half or more of what's really going on because he was such an entertainer. I mean, this band is so tight, vocals are great, but who like how could you even imagine what the what the real feeling was like watching him dance, watching him perform, control the stage? But that's what I mean. You hear the crowd go nuts, and you're like, he must be doing something so awesome. Right. Like you right. Just, he must be doing like the craziest dance move you've ever seen in your life. 
It, 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 and you know what a lot of people say about that song, Russell? Hmm. It's one of the first funk songs of all time. Okay, I don't know if you've heard that before, but a lot of people are saying that. The oh. beat's actually on the ones. I could, I, I don't have time to go through it right now, but I could give you a cool uh, little lesson if you want to listen. I'm kind of curious how did how did the fact that we listened to 85 hours of James Brown songs three months ago <laughs> impact your enjoyment of this album? Zero. There's I love I I love that, and I love this. I thought it was it was super fun to listen. Like once again, when I was at work sitting down to listen to this, I was excited every time. For me, it made me enjoy it more. I I remembered that I had previously read uh, not really a biography of James Brown, but sort of like a search for his roots, his origins by James McBride. And James McBride attributed the phrase kill him and leave to James Brown, where he he would say, get in, get out, leave him wanting more. And so I like that this album kills him and leaves. We've 31 minutes of music and it's gone. And then I'm like, man, I wish I could listen to that again. Yeah, I, I definitely got killed and wanted more at Rolling Stones. I could have wanted one song that I could have understood. I mean, think, Russell, you could have listened to this album once waiting in line to get in the first time. A second yep. time when you're waiting in another line to see if you could get a person. Another time while you're trying to get a shirt. And then another time when you're down on the concourse listening to the Rolling Stones. You, I mean, it's great. Next time I go to a concert, I'm just going to bring my Beats by Dre headphones. And if I have to listen to it through my phone, I'll do it. <laughs> Good. Instrumental. Love it. It's fast. And you know what? I don't mind. Listen here. The guitar player come, came in early when they recorded it. So he always does every time they play it live, too. Right there. Oh, nice. My oh. favorite thing to think about listening to this album was where would, like, where do you think James Brown would have ranked this particular performance in all of his live performances? Like, this is an iconic live album, and it might have been just an average probably just a night Tuesday for, for him, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, as somebody who often listens to their own live performances in great detail, I can tell you he probably <laughs> hates every minute of it and has nothing but regret for anything he's done or said, and can think of a all, million better ways to do it later. All the choices that led him up to this. It's kind of like a pro wrestler. Like Hulk Hogan has thousands of matches, but he. Like his match versus Andre the Giant might not be his favorite one, or he might have had sex with his wife's friend, his girlfriend, or whatever, numerous times. But it's yeah. not nearly as memorable as the other one, is it, Rob? No, absolutely. You know what? When I forever, James Brown and Hulk Hogan are going to be interlinked in my mind. I think that's <laughs> brilliant, Russell. Brilliant, guys. Yep. This might surprise you. It's another instrumental. Is this like? Is he doing a costume change here? Like, I bet he is, or some dance moves. Yeah. Oh my god, so great. Uh, so this is uh, Lost Someone. This is kind of the highlight of the entire album. It's an 11-minute song, and he starts low. I've got a couple. I've got three different clips. He starts low, and you can just tell he is so good at getting the crowd whipped up into just a fervor. Listen to this. Say, there's only one thing I can say. Hello. Uh, <laughs> as soon as they know what it is, right? That's why I picture us doing our first live show. We walk out, and it's just Magic Mike, and then the psycho who emailed us today, and they're out there screaming. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as you start in with in, and they could go for it. Russell's date is way up in the balcony, like, I saved $3 meet up here. I, I think the good thing, though, is if we ever did do a live show, I would save money because my wife would not show up at all. <laughs> She'd just be like, I'm sorry, I don't have time. We'd be telling jokes. She's like, I don't get any of this. Rolling, going, what are you guys talking talking about <laughs> Matt what do you think of the album so far we're almost at the end of it are you a James I Brown just, guy I, or not not really I mean I, I think I 
I he, I hear this album and I just want to see him live. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like I'm he, you're he, I feel like I think Rosie kind of brought it up. You're hearing about like 10% of what the actual experience is. And the only reason we've got this live album is because he never recorded an actual album, which I don't know if he would actually record an album if it'd be all that great because the live show and everything he brings and the energy, I mean that's that's the whole act. That's why he was so brilliant and so I, it's just it's not my cup of tea from a listening to it over and over kind of a thing. So, you know, it, it, I certainly understand his place in history and it's great, but it's just not my cup of tea. I was inspired by this album today. I showed uh, some clips of James Brown doing his show in Boston after uh, MLK was assassinated to a bunch of seventh graders. So it was either like 12 year old kids in the age of TikTok. They were absolutely hypnotized by a black and white video of James Brown performing like he is so magnetic electric. and electric when you're watching him. It's just crazy. You didn't, you didn't tell him there was going to be a little nudity or something. And that's just a little you know bit, what? but don't worry about it. Just I'm glad little. somebody's listening to me here. Now that we, is about the, I, you know, I've gotten so much runway out of that joke and everybody loves it. The fact that you tell seven, it's graders, a good joke. If you know, if you're going to wait, guys, it's just, there might be a little nudity here. Let's just try to be adults about it. <laughs> Wait, where was the nudity? Oh, that's so funny. I'm in a room of 30 kids just talking and chatting, totally ignoring everything. And I say, who wrote this swear word up here? And they all look. Kids want to see written swear words so bad, they all look. And then I say, okay, now that I have your attention, here's my rules or whatever. Matt, Matt, you were mentioning like Rob's jokes. Matt and Aaron, do you ever, do you ever co-opt Rob's jokes and use them like your own or not? Yeah. Nope. No, no. The one I do is that in, I do in meetings at work, I do the, uh, all right. I try to use that as transition <laughs> to keep things moving. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that I, one no, I'm, I'm sure you know, I, I, I'm a big fraud. I copy everything. And, you know, I don't have a, a thought in my brain that didn't come from somebody else. So I'm, I'm sure I've used a number of your, all of your guys' yeah. lines at some point or other. So I'd like to think of Aaron being in a zoom meeting and be like, okay, which segment are we in? Is this the rolling going? Or is this- <laughs> When's the rating? When's the rating? Do we see the rating system? Uh, Aaron goes on like a 10 minute rant about some vegetable he ate the other day and everyone's looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? He, called, who talks he just randomly calls his, his coworkers. Oh, dumb shit. Listener. <laughs> Hey, is it time for us to play a voicemail yet or what? <laughs> so this is the middle of Lost Someone. Listen to, listen, listen, say, say yeah. Listen to this. Sometimes I get a little trouble. Those muted trumpets. Oof. But let me hear you say yeah. Let me hear you say yeah. Listen to how he gets them right here. Say it a little bit louder. Oh. Yeah. It's just a... It, just the king. It, it's just electric. Like you cannot l- not listen to him. Uh, here we have the medley, and listen to them go crazy when they hear that he's playing his hit songs. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, there's a great line in the Mr. Dynamite HBO movie where they were talking about uh, James Brown's "Please, Please, Please," and the guy, the record guy, was like, "Why would anybody buy this? It's just him saying please, please, please' like a million times, and instead people go absolutely crazy for whatever. It. That band's tight as hell. That feels like a proto pretty shuffle. That dun 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 dun. But I hear that everywhere. That's what I thought too. I was more. I thought it was a halftime shuffle. Aaron. Half-time. It might have been Russell. I don't know this shit. Baby, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know either. Oof. 
But I was essentially screaming, please, at the ticket guy when they wouldn't let us in the, the no bag line. I was like, please. Russell, you, you got to shove that, that thing. Line. You got to shove that thing down your yeah. back, the small of your back, and yeah. then put your sweatshirt over it and walk right by them. And they're not even going to care. Put it in the crotch of your pants. And then yeah. you're going to win twice there. You got the person. Everybody's impressed. You're set. And you won't have to do this to the guy at the ticket. Hey. Russell's holding a tiny purse. He's holding a tiny purse. Like, and then they're like, do you want a single gin and tonic? He's like, I think I need a double. Hey, sweetie, can we stop and get a shirt uh, for the Rolling Stones? And then when they actually listen to the concert, it actually sounds more like this. Wait, wait, wait I can't hear it. I can't. When the second guy at the second line wouldn't let us in and wouldn't tell us where we could get in, I asked for his name and then took a picture of his badge. I don't know what good it was going to do me, but I was like, I'm just going to be an asshole about this at this you, point. You took a picture of his badge? Yeah, I was just I was just hoping. I was trying to do anything to get in the door. I was like, maybe if I threaten to take, like, ask for his name and report him to his supervisor, maybe he'll let us in. But he wasn't having any of it. This is Russell telling the guy next to his date to move his leg over. Oh my god. This is me talking to Mick Jagger. Can I please understand the lyrics? How does it go, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) What is he singing out there? I think he's singing Beast of Burden. I love this song. This is when I when I go to ask for a return on the t-shirts because I don't realize they're 125 combined dollars, Rob. What would I say? <laughs> this is Russell begging. Seeing Matt, Matt's dad pick up him like a parent picking up somebody after homecoming. Yep. And he's trying to get the Uber over to the other side of the stadium. Here's his date next time they go to a concert. Hey, can we just sit on the floor? Please, do we have to go up and sit in the upper seats? Just I'm spend the money what? on the ticket. I'm wondering what would have happened if Russell asked Matt if Matt's dad had space for it, Russell and his date in Matt's dad's ride. How would that have oh, gone? Are you kidding? Would if they would have driven by, if they would have driven by, this is what Matt's dad would have heard. <laughs> I mean, really, all Russell got out of this date was a shirt, some memories, a lower Uber rating. And then a picture of some guy's badge that he still has on his phone. It's going to come up and infuriate Russell every time. Don't delete that picture, Russell. Every time you see it, I want you to be reminded of this date. But your story about taking the picture of the badge makes me realize. I think you could tell more. I was trying anything to get in. I was trying anything. I was saying. It makes me think that there's layers to this date that you didn't tell us about. And it makes me think maybe you should just tell the same story next week. And I would be so happy of just a slightly different version. To be fair, I will give you warning. I actually ran part of the rolling going by my date to ensure that I had my interaction with the people next to us accurately because I didn't want to misrepresent what I said or what other people were saying because I thought I would get called out on that if the person ever listened to it. Oh, that never happens. I just want to acknowledge the significance of Russell sharing his rolling going with his date. I want to, I want to acknowledge how significant it is. Are that you saying this is like a step? Is this like step? I think six it's a step in our podcast that we're at? moving forward, that we are, we're, we're what fifth date worthy at this point. That's how much better we've gotten at the podcast Guys, game. 
Russell getting married would be one of the greatest disasters of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, look, look how bad <laughs> this concert be... went. Can you imagine how bad <laughs> that would go? They'd be making me move my own statues and shit. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Russell Russell went, went into the corner on a couple episodes ago, and I had a, a number of people text mm-hmm. me like, what? What, what? what? He's going back into the yeah. dating corner? What, what's people going on? Yeah. What's oh. happening? Oh, so, no. People are people are, were concerned, Russell. <laughs> I know. They were concerned. This relationship, this relationship is an is a iceberg for our Titanic that we're sailing around on this thing. Please, <laughs> you need to avoid it at all costs. We are going full speed. We simply don't have the time. We got to go faster. But I do enjoy the idea of Russell like asking his date. Like Russell's asking his date, "Hey, can I tell the story?" She's like, "No, it's so embarrassing." And he's like, <laughs> and then. Matt is over at his mother-in-law's and she says, hey, what, what vegetables do you even like? And she's and he's like, peas, peas, peas. <laughs> and then I'm with my father-in-law and we're out looking at the pigs. And I'm like, deez, deez, deez. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> Russell, can you, can you please, uh, how, how many, um, how many shirts do we want? Oh, I want three. Tees, tees, tees. That's going to be uh, nine hundred dollars. You know what? If if I were if I were going to be the hype band for Art Blakely or a jazz group, they would call me Pee Wee, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, Wee, Pee Wee. Guys, don't I don't go. want this to ever end. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Guys, just like somebody played that train, it was like, whoo, whoo. It's time for the night train. Oh, yeah. Amazing song. If you guys remember, last time we listened to James Brown, I got the book, Booze and Vinyl, and there was a cocktail oh, yes. on side B. It was called a night train. If you remember right, it was the espresso drink where I had no espresso. So I had to sub in the caramel, caramel, whatever it was called, the caramel Baileys, salted caramel Baileys, right? Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Actually, there was another drink in, in the book. It's called the Godfather after the Godfather of Soul. Do you, have you guys ever had a Godfather before? No. No. I'm having a Godfather. It has whiskey, amaretto, yes, and an orange. Oh <laughs> it also called for some Lafrag, Lafrag, or something. You guys know what that one is? Lafrag, sort of, the real smoky one. That's a smoky scotch. It's a very smoky thing, but it called for it to be put in with a bar spoon, and I don't have a bar spoon, so I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so tonight I'm enjoying a Godfather drink, and it's pretty good, actually. Cheers to the Godfather. Bar spoon? What's the difference between a regular spoon, Matt? What's the difference between a bar spoon and a, just dumping it in there? Yeah, I went into top or I went into the uh total wine and I said, please, do you have any sort of bar spoons? I said, please, please, please. Yep, and he was like, oh, these are two hundred dollars each. They have a little tongue on them. Russell's like, actually, that's quite a deal. It's really good.
But I'm not a scotch drinker. You guys a scotch drinker? So I refused yeah. to buy a full bottle. I bought a, three airplane bottles because I did not want to have a bottle of scotch. Oh I'm not God. into it. Oh, I like scotch. Jeez, man, you could have sent it out here. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, Jesus, Russell has huge hands, but you're just holding the little airplane bottle. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, wait. I just, I'm, got I'm a text, I just got a text from Russell. It says, dick pic for you. It's the scotch bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, please, please, please open it. Right, Rob? <laughs> please. <laughs> Rob, you've talked you've talked a number of times about being a little bit, you know, the the dairy gives your tummy a little upset, right? Uh, no. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, so every once in a while you gotta, you know, you gotta hold the cheese, cheese, cheese. Cheese, yeah. This is me praying I don't have any pee stains on my pants when I go back to class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like checking in the mirror, but I gotta like also like move my stomach around. To see. It, I wanted to show you this last part of this. Night Train's the last song, but I wanted to show you this part where he does this acapella switch up. Think about the how confident you would need to be as a singer to pull this off. Listen, to all this. aboard for New York City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready for the night train? Yeah. Are you ready for the night train? Are you ready? Ah, yes. And who was in the crowd? The young actual Rose with the yeah, train whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's fun though, Rob. I think I think James Brown was clearly gifted, extraordinarily gifted. But I think, and I don't know enough about his youth to know for sure. But that's that's so clearly a church uh, transition that it's you know it it has to be you know in you you have to be born with it but that's a, a learned skill too from listening to that and growing up in that tradition oh 100 percent uh sorry aaron i wasn't listening i was transferring this song clip to the main page i was trying to help you out i was trying to help you out matt i'm tell i told you earlier you need that broccoli with what is it cheese cheese <laughs> uh, i like how we're gonna get an email next week uh, Back to Better is actually the worst piece of media I've consumed in all of my I regret all of yeah. my decisions that led me to Back to Better. What you said was total. Please stop emailing me pictures of little tiny whiskey bottles. I don't want that anymore. I can't believe I You're gave You're all dumber for having what listened. You... <laughs> you guys know what my favorite kind of buffet is? What's that? Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Go. You know, sometimes you wonder, like, is this episode any good? Is this a Stone Cold classic? And then sometimes you just know one of the best we've ever done. <laughs> Guys, we are into hey, the Hey, sometimes with you, Rob, I disagree, disagree, disagree. <laughs> disagree, disagree. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Don't go. Oh, don't go up to the third level and buy the tickets up there. It's too high. Aaron, what was your favorite type of exercise you used to do all the time? Wasn't there a king of them? Burp. Burp. Bees. 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 That, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of people listening that are going to get that joke when you talk about Aaron being burpees on YouTube. <laughs> oh, actually, that king. was the whole story. I just told the whole story. Hey, you know what? I also heard, I also heard, can I interrupt Matt? Yeah. I also heard that one of us has a new podcast about referees, referees, referees. <laughs> when uh, 
when Sonny and Bono were going skiing, what was uh, oh, no. Sonny yelling at Bono? Watch out oh. for the trees. Shut this shit down. <laughs> well, I guess we might as well move on to the rating system. Listen, I'm going to explain. Is it time for the rating system? The episode's going long, so I'm just going to rush through this real quick, okay? Is this album at 65, is this a rolling well tone? That means they're rolling sat down. They crunched the numbers. They're putting it into the Excel sheets. They're looking at ticket prices. How much are we willing? Where should we put this? Should we go higher or lower? Should we go? Where should we go? Where should we sit? Okay, I think anywhere we sit, it's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. Did they do a good job? Okay, you could hear the music. You could hear all the songs. You definitely know whether or not they played Beast of Burden. That would be a rolling well toned. Okay, if you go sit somewhere at a concert and pay a ton of money and can't hear it, that's kind of like this album not being as good as you think. That is a rolling groan. Or if this album is, uh, is, is, or if you think this album should have been way higher on the list, okay, you think maybe it should be seven. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 16. Well, I was, I was going to say 16. <laughs> 33, I would agree with you totally. 35. That, that would be a rolling Maybe We should have heard this. Maybe we should have heard this back to back at start time. <laughs> First we did start time, then we did this album. It's a James Brown fest. Everybody loves it. That is a rolling bone. So what do you think, uh, Aaron? Is this album rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or is it a rolling groan? I think this album is a blast to listen to. I think it's a very cool artifact of... American history and rock history and R&B history and it should everybody should listen to it. I think it is um it's nice and short. I I think you could potentially actually uh maybe disagreeing with you a tiny bit Rob, you could disagree with the sound quality. I think like those moments where James Brown walks away from the mic, I think they're charming but they're not, you know, perfect. Anyway, I think it's a great album. It's a great example of what was going on at the time. I think it is one of the Tightest bands ever put to record. So I'm going to have to call it a rolling boned. I think it should have been higher, especially higher than start time. Love it. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Um. I was <laughs> I was initially torn a little bit. I've, I kind of come from the school of, if, if this feels like a greatest hits to me. And I feel like it's hard to put a greatest hits, a live album up against other albums. It, it's just, they're two completely different things from my perspective. But I listened to this for the first time after a recording last week, and I sent you guys three texts at one yes. thirty-five in the morning. <laughs> yeah, here are my texts. I said, seriously, your backs. Russell had faced down more pitchers than a lot of people do in the World <laughs> Series in the Autumn Classic. <laughs> my here are my texts. Seriously, get through the first few songs and tell me this isn't top ten. Text one. Second one. This crushes everything we've listened to. Text three. The short bridges on this album destroy. Yeah. So for me, even though I'm really torn about this being a greatest hits album, I also think it's rolling boned. It should be higher on the list. Absolutely. Matt, rolling well toned, rolling bone or rolling groan. What do you think? I think it's, you know, for all the reasons you guys have brought up, it's a great album. Um, you know, they didn't, well, they weren't making albums back per se, back when James Brown was at the height of his popularity. Um, you know, his live shows are what made him popular. I absolutely wish I could just be at a live James mm-hmm. Brown show as opposed to listening to this album. Um, you know, it's not my cup of tea, as I've said a number of times, but I think it's probably pretty darn good right with it, where it's at. So I'm going to say it's rolling well-toned. Is that what, I, is that what I'm supposed to say? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it should be right there. Absolutely. Yeah, rolling well-toned. Well, That's unfortunately, you are all incorrect because this is the rolling hardest working moan. 
Oh, damn. That sounded good when I wrote it out. <laughs> you can hear him, guys, on this, giving it absolutely 100 the whole time, and he is taking the crowd yeah. for a ride. He is going up, down, all yeah. around. He is letting them, he is bringing them in and then pushing them away, and they, they just can't get enough. And you can hear him lay the groundwork during his live stuff for the first funk songs of all time. He had about 100 of them that were the first funk songs ever. <laughs> you can hear the, he the, the to all base of, of that. And what's weird is that now when you listen to the songs on this album, compared to what you know happened with James Brown on Star Time later and later, these songs almost seem reserved, right? This almost seems like a, a, a song that has is, is a song as we know it, not, not the future James Brown where it's just going to be repetitive over and over and over. But you can feel that energy that he captures with this album, and it's absolutely unbelievable. Now listen, folks. Next week, let's take some love, love and let's add some tomatoes. Let's love add some bacon. Supreme. Let's add some onions. Love. Hey, what do we got? Love it's a Love Supreme, Supreme by John Coltrane. We are love talking Supreme. a little bit more jazz love next Supreme. week, to which Aaron says, Oh, no. Hey, hey. <laughs> yes. He loves it. You can't get enough. I get to, I'm going to start Love Supreme when this show is over and not stop until I talk to you guys again. Aaron, I want to hear your three initial texts on it. I want to see what your three initial texts are. All right, all right. He just sent me one, and it's a regular-sized, it's a small whiskey bottle, and his penis still looks small. (laughs) Come on, that's unfair. I Beck did it better. So I know you guys know I'm always going somewhere. Rob, you know where I'm coming. I'm coming out to New York next week, and... You never know. Maybe I'll have to go hang out at Rob's house. But Rob, if I do shut the bathroom door and the shower is running, <laughs> I just ask for you to please give me some privacy, hey, privacy, hey, privacy. Hey. <laughs> I hope you don't think that I'm a sleaze, sleaze, sleaze. <laughs> I'll have to get my jack off. Grease, grease, grease. I might, I might see, I might need some help or material. Maybe you could give me some of your collection of your old school DVDs, DVDs, DVDs. <laughs> Russell, do I have rhymezone.com up right now? You're damn right. <laughs> God, Russell, <laughs> the funniest fucking guy I've ever. 